Yo, and welcome to In The Lane. It is your host, Twisted Tapioca, and I am here with the man of mystery, the Struce profile picture himself. I am here with the creator of the Ron Rothstein Pool Party. Everybody, welcome in Philly Heat. Philly Heat, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here. So you have a name, and I'm seeing it for the first time in Zoom. Do you, like, how, what's it been like, and I don't know how many Twitter accounts you've had or how many personalities you've assumed online, but what has this one specifically been like where you're kind of introducing yourself for the first time to all of these creators? It'd be crazy right now if I told you I had like 60 different Twitter profiles, right? Like you would probably yeah. like cut them off right now. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I have, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I joined uh, on Philly Heat I think probably like last spring. Uh, and really the reason I did it, um, I have my personal account. I coach high school basketball. And so I use that a lot to like promote my athletes, my teams, what I'm doing with camps and things like that. And so I used to use that as like my primary Twitter, but it was like mixing that with then the heat stuff and being a Miami sports fan. And so I created it not so much like to hide behind a, you know, a shadowy figure or anything like that. So I could like, you know, like, you know, there's those people that are like the Twitter trolls that just run their mouths and, you know, the Twitter tough guys and all that stuff. Like, that's not really what I was doing. I was just trying to like separate the two so that I, I kind of had two different ways of looking at, you know, information on Twitter. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it, it was Philly heat the whole time. And then it was probably like, right during the the dog days of that uh that west coast trip where we were struggling that i like re-imaged it to dr Struess, and i don't even know why it was just like he was like the lone bright spot on a dark day and uh i've just stuck with it it's so fun to think about how many awesome heat twitter moments have come out of that terrible span where jimmy had covid <laughs> and we were losing games and it felt like the community grew then. Five reasons connected with Miami Heat beat. Just things started happening. Yeah. You know, it's so, funny, like, uh, you know, when you're talking about as a sports fan, you're not supposed to use the word we. Like, you're not the team, you know, people say that all the time. Yeah. I think we all felt like we were part of that struggle because <laughs> all of us, you know, that are on the East Coast, we were giving up our sleep. We were staying up until 1231 in the morning, 130 in the morning to watch Epic disaster collapses and then we all struggled the next day through our days of being tired and yeah it 10 o'clock games that went to overtime man 10 o'clock games that went to ot it was terrible i know it's 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 wild but we made it we survived what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right yeah we got a lot stronger so you you you're doing the miami sports junkie pod and doing the pregame segments with the vitamins what's that been like tell me a little bit about that yeah, you know, it's funny because I've always, um, you know, really throughout this pandemic, just having so much time consumed a lot more podcasts than I had been before. Mm -hmm. um, and so not that, you know, you have the attitude of like, oh, I could do that too. But like, it just kind of sparks your interest. Um, I love basketball. I love the Miami Heat. I love Miami sports. So when they presented me that opportunity, it was just something that I jumped for. Um like you said earlier, the the group chat, the Ron Rothstein's pool party, that was another uh, product of that West Coast trip where we were struggling, and uh, the Heat Twitter civil war and all those you know negative things that were going on. 
And I just wanted to kind of create like a safe space for, uh, it originally was like an educated heat fan group. And, and that was sort of like a, unfortunately like a diss at some people, but it's really just kind of grown into 75 different people that talk heat basketball passionately, but with some logic, I would say there's not that overly emotional, like when we lose, when things go wrong, that trade everyone, fire everyone, you know, rip it all apart. There's, there's Un the unless you're Juan Carlo Navas. Well, yeah, yeah. We, you know, you have to have like an exception, you know, where you right. just allow one, you know, one person. Um, he's our one person, but he's on the chopping block. Let's be honest. Like if, if you know, if we find oh. some upgrade, it's, it's there. So. Oh, don't get me wrong. The second that Ira Winderman wants access, he's gone. He's out. Oh, there. absolutely. Yeah. Out of there. Yeah. When you look back at the period that we had to struggle through, right? And all the, the good things that came out of that, as far as the community goes, to where we are now with that same community and a thriving team. Do you feel like you're now a content creator, man? Do you feel the weight being lifted off of you talking about the same six topics over and over again? Yeah, it's it's funny to to finally get past the trade deadline. It was almost like everybody could just like, like exhale, you know, like we made it. We made a trade. We made two trades. We made three trades, actually. <laughs> three, yeah. And now we have our next one is Thursday with this buyout deadline where we have to sign someone. Someone has to come. We have to get this person. We have to. And then every day you hear whatever random person we've thought up that we're going to get, he signs somewhere else. There's a little bit of a panic. And then we move to the next one. Then next guy. Next guy. I don't, know, I don't know what the hell we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. Like, I guess we'll just talk about the playoffs and important games. Like, there's no more transactions. It's gonna be a tough time for content creators right we'll just have to actually talk about the games and our own players yeah and i think that's probably one of my weakest points is talking about the actual <laughs> game and recapping the actual game i like the nuance of the background um it's fun to kind of explore that space yeah. but i did come from a place when i started on twitter of analytics and I immediately realized that there are 10,000 people better at dissecting analytics than me. You are excellent at it, man. You're great. You find stats that are super interesting. What draws you towards numbers? Like what is the thing about analytics and basketball that you kind of find some, some peace at, some synergy? You know, it's funny. I, um, I originally got into it. I went to a coaching clinic. It was Jay Billis's coaching clinic um, that obviously works for ESPN now um, in Charlotte. And there were a couple of different college coaches that spoke um, and talked about using analytics within their program. And as a high school varsity coach, at first I was like, wow, there's no way. Like it just doesn't, it's too much for my level, um, in my, my team's level, but also like my experience level. And, you know, like anything, you just got to jump in and you learn little by little. And you can call me an expert or I use it great. I'm like on the bottom, you know, there's, there's so many people that know more than I do, but really like in, in the last few years I was using, there's a program called huddle that you upload your video to and they break down analytics and give you data, more data than you could ever want. Um, it gives the kids, the athletes access to it. We would look at like five person lineups plus minus that type of data to make decisions. Like every time we put this person into the game, Look at the negative effect that it's having. Look at this lineup's impact on offense and defense. It's, you know, it's it's not to the level that an NBA guy that Eric Spolster is using it, but at the same time, 
you're making informed decisions, not just, yeah, it doesn't really look like they're doing very well. They're not playing hard. They're not giving us enough. There's data behind it. And that's Are really you what telling me that the eye test is a lie. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kelly Olenek, right? Rest in peace, Kelly Olenek. It's a funny thing is the natural transition was going to be. So now how hurt are you that Kelly is gone from the squad? You know, I've grown up through, you know, being a Heat fan since the early 90s. Um, and I've, I guess I've, my perspective, I've always kind of had a unique one in that uh, I have a, one of my parents works for a former Heat player and, and he works still in the organization. So I've had the, I guess, the benefit or the blessing of like being around him, but other Heat players and the organization as I was a kid. So my mom always kind of gave me that perspective of like their their people and the families and like, so not thinking them as like just a transaction person, you know, hey, we're going to trade this piece and this piece, like the impact that it has on the, the players and the families. So like. I liked Kelly like and I've never met the, I don't even think I've ever met him but like just thinking of him as like what he's given to us over the past few years he's not an all-star but at the same time like he's overachieved based on that summer those guys we gave money to he's the only one that earned his check everybody yeah. else you know was a disaster so you know I just that's the way that I look at it you know different guys Rodney Magruder when we traded or we got rid of him you know at the end of that season a couple years ago like that was sad but you know you you just get a, a emotionally attached as a fan and there's always going to be 15 guys, but you know, you always have those guys. And I think that's a, kind of a beauty of not just heat fans, but the heat front office is they've always done a good job of, you know, um, thanking guys when they return to Miami for the first time and things like that, the loyalty, bringing them back into the organization and things like that. Yeah. It's very interesting that you say that. Cause now I wonder, will Kelly Olenek get a tribute video? And I can almost assertively say the answer is yes. You'll get some kind of video of some kind. Yeah. I think without a doubt. But that's a fun way. I mean, you were talking in this kind of depth for the first time, and I'm noticing a lot of similarities. We might have difference of opinions as far as rotations or players go, but the way that we view the game is very similar, and the way that we view players is very similar. I always worry about that. But Kelly spent four years here. Um, this was a home for him, so it kind of sucked to see him go. Uh, but in return, we got a bunch of rotation players, a bunch of of guys who are actual NBA players, man. How fun has it been? You coach. So a defense definitely matters to you and you coach high school. So I'm sure you grind defense every single day because I don't know how many kids are playing defense in high school. How awesome is it to see this team operate? Yeah, I mean, the early returns defensively look great. Um, they're just so long. They cover so much ground. Um, you know, we've had trouble with the point of attack defense for years and Victor Oladipo and, and Ariza both addressed that. Um, I still think we didn't get to see it Saturday. I'm still waiting for it and hoping for it. I like the zone. I really like the 2-2-1 press. And I really think those guys fit into that. That's like my, I just, I love the end of the quarters. I'm thinking like, all right, when Gabe Vincent comes in, I'm like, here we go. There was ball. a moment. There yep. was a moment that I remember you going two two one zone, and I was already in the chat typing two two one zone. I was so excited for full court two two one. It was the yeah. best. It's funny. It's it's just those little things, and because of the pandemic, I've been able to watch more games than usual because, yeah. like, we had a high school season this year, but we didn't get any games, and we were very limited how many practices we could have. 
So I was around more versus, you know, coming home from practice late, not getting time to watch it or like being on the bus and trying to watch it from my phone and missing half the game and things like that. So up until about a week and a half ago, I hadn't missed the game. And then I got on a bad spell of like conflicts happening. So it's uh, I'm impressed so far. I'm looking forward to what the uh, growth is going to be. Yeah, and it's been very opportunistic for fans. COVID's kept people inside. We've been able to examine the game more, build these communities. I feel really bad for the players, though. You hear routinely from J.J. Redick, from uh, Duncan Robinson. This has been one of the hardest seasons on them to play, and they had to go through an all-star break. When you look at how the NBA has handled this particular season, and knowing it's complex and knowing this isn't something that you could – solve in in one quick stroke how do you feel they've approached it how do you feel they've handled the situation yeah i mean you just think about adam silver and you know the coaches and the presidents of the teams there's nothing to look back on they can't go back and look at like oh back in the 80s when we had the last you know worldwide pandemic what did we do that time you know so you know you can you can think about your own personal lives and experiences of I mean, as a teacher, I remember last February and March when you first started hearing about the seriousness, seriousness of this. And like, they were telling us to put two weeks in of uh, lesson plans. And I was like, we're not gonna be out of school for two weeks. There's no way. I left lesson plans on my desk on a Friday, thinking I was coming back, gonna miss Monday and come back to school on Tuesday. They sat there until June. We never went back in person. And, I actually got stuck in in Philadelphia before I moved for a couple months because I just came up here to visit and got stuck that like March 15th or whatever it was. So, you know, the analogy to the NBA, they had no clue. You know, when, when Rudy Gobert that night, you know, got sick and they shut down those few games, none of us thought it was gonna be months before we played again. But, you know, I think they did as, as good of a job as they possibly could have. The bubble was obviously a tremendous success. This season has had its bumps. You know, we went through it earlier in the season. Um, but I think that they're they're doing as good as they can. You know, I, I think there's going to be mistakes along the way. Obviously, our government, our local organizations and stuff have made mistakes. But you just got to make the best of it and, and push through. It's a great perspective. You can only deal with the things that come along as they come along um, and remain positive and hopeful is exactly what we want to try to do in these times. When you get a grander perspective on the macro of where the season's going, when we start to look at the playoffs and you see this team with players developing, which leads question marks. We don't know what Victor Oladipo's athletic ceiling is. We're not quite sure how well he can produce on offense. And we don't know if Trevor Ariza is going to keep hitting shots. Pray to God he does, but we don't really know. So when you project the team out going into the playoffs, where do you see us landing seeding-wise? Um, you know, I think in a best-case scenario, if we can magically have Milwaukee get the one and we get the four so that two and three are Brooklyn and Philly and they battle three. it out. On the other side, that would be your ideal situation. Um, I think no matter what, for us, you want to get the four seat so you have a home playoff series. And then you just have to – I mean, no matter what, you're playing somebody good in the second round. It doesn't doesn't matter the year. You're always going to face someone tough. So, um, you know, I I think that's our our hope. I don't think we can get into the top three. We'd have to get super hot uh, or one of them would have to get super cold. 
And, um, you know, selfishly, I would, I want to see us play Philly, not because of a matchup. And I certainly don't want to play against Embiid, but I just would like to be here so that I can go to games. Um, You're the only person I know that is confident about playing the 76ers. You're like, yeah, we got it. We'll take them. Yeah, I, I'm so tired of hearing locally. I mean, they have Embiid's the MVP, the best player in the league. Simmons is the defensive player of the year. Um, obviously, Tobias Harris was robbed as an all-star. They should have had three all-stars. Um, they have the best three-point shooter in Seth Curry. They have the best coach. They have the best GM. It's amazing. They should probably have not lost a game all season. <laughs> is is Howard Eskin still on the radio in Philadelphia? Is that still a thing? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I don't. I don't get to listen to the morning stuff as much anymore just because we're back in session with school. But um, yeah, he's he's not one of the worst ones either. They're just, no. it's, it's biased. But you know what? That's what I consume all day. I listen to all the Miami stuff because I want to hear how Miami's perspective is. So I, I understand it. And there are so many excellent voices in the Miami Heat space. I just want to give you one more opportunity because we have this amazing national championship game coming out, which I'm sure isn't going to be a blowout at all. It's going to be great. Uh, go ahead, tell the people one more time where they can find your podcast, where they can find your account, where they can't find the pool party because right now there is no more admittance. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I've been a Heat fan my, my whole life. Um, I, I go back to, like, I'm old, uh, but, like, me, Greg Sylvander, probably around the same age, and, like, real GM message boards and, like, basketball boards. Real GM message boards. Wow, blast from the past. I don't know about that. So, you got to be of a certain age. We didn't have Twitter back then. So, you know, that's the type of stuff that I remember. Um, and, you know, now with Twitter, uh, like the Ron Routes team pool party, it's a group chat. Um, I'm on the Miami Sports Junkie podcast. You can follow me at Philly Heat NBA. Uh, I changed my my at, you know, so it was a little simpler. So, um, and then I just like, you know, these game day vitamins. Um, I've been dropping them around lunchtime every game day. It's just like a quick five minute blurb of stats that I feel are important, preview, you know, things that I think are going to come in into play in that game that night. We're 4-0 since I started it, so it was a good timing. Subtle flex. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and when we started the pool party, we went on like a six-game run too. So, you know, when we get cold, I'll just come up with something new that I can try out. I don't know what the <laughs> next little venture will be. Like maybe, I don't know, like a, an Instagram or something like that and just propel us back into wins. The Philly Heat TikTok is on its way, people. He will be doing the busted challenge. We are ready. We'll see about that. So, I mean, those stat breakdowns are amazing. Um, your the content that you do is amazing at the, the Miami Sports Junkies. Love that stuff. It's easy to consume, people. It's a couple minutes on some of those episodes. Awesome podcast to consume. You guys are also amazing. I appreciate every one of the listeners that come here. Uh, I appreciate you guys rocking with me. Special shout outs to the pool party folks that listen to this pretty religiously. Um, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without you guys. So, uh, Philly, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I listen to it all the time, every week. Um, you know, lots of great I'm sorry. I'm here. sorry. It's terrible. <laughs> lots of great content here. You know, it's, a, it's, it's really cool to see the variety of different uh, content coming out about the heat. And, uh, you know, I like that we're all playing well together. After the Civil War, things have calmed down. The fires are starting to go out. And we're, uh, we're all friends again for a little while. Yeah, just like an actual Marvel, you know. Sometimes it's just yeah. you got to fight. You got to fight in marriages sometimes. It's okay. <laughs>